The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us for this midweek update, Arlen Suderman with FC Stone. Lots of red on the screen today, Arlen, and a lot of factors that we're going to look into over the next 13 minutes or so. But let's start with these soybeans because, you know, we hear talk of China. We get the confirmation that, yep, there is some beans moving, but we still see some negative trade today. Yeah, we had heard rumors that there were 15 to 20 boats of soybeans that were sold to Kafka, which is state, China's state buying agency. And uh, so 20 boats, said roughly 2.2 million bushels per boat, would be about 1.2 million bushels. And that's basically what USDA confirmed this morning in their 24-hour reporting system. And uh, so that business is done. You know, will there be more business? We think probably so. Uh, it's hard to get into the head of what China is going to do because these are largely political purchases rather than economic purchases. In other words, they don't need the beans right now. And they can buy them cheaper in Brazil with new crop coming on. So it looks to us like they're buying them for political reasons to try to influence President Trump and try to appease the Americans while they're in a negotiating position right now as an act of goodwill. But when the, when that's the motive, we don't know how far they'll go. Uh, we're thinking maybe five to six million metric tons, which should you know, maybe double what they've done so far this month. Uh, that would not have much of an impact on the balance sheet because as they, the more soybeans they buy, the more our basis goes up, Brazil's basis goes down, and the non-China business shifts to South America and kind of offsets some of that demand. So it might result in ending stocks dropping with to have an eight in front of them instead of a nine. But I need to remind people that market soybean export sales for the marketing year to date fall short of the seasonal pace needed to hit USDA's target by 450 million bushels before these purchases started. So right so far we've sold, we think, about 135 million bushels. So we have a long ways to go. We need to triple what's been sold to this point um, before we just start to catch up. And uh, I think the market's starting to get some skepticism, and that's why we went down today, even though USDA confirmed the sale. There's really no way to make up those sales in the next week and a half either with, with two holidays sandwiched in. The Well, you know, it just takes a fax machine and a phone call, so I suppose they theoretically could do it. It's just not likely. And not unless we were to get a guarantee purchase from them, but it'd have to be a huge guarantee. And why should they do that when African swine fever is rapidly eroding demand and they've got uh, cheaper new crop supplies coming on board from Brazil? Uh, and in fact, they've already started to harvest some of the earliest fields in Brazil. So I, I just don't see it happening. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but, uh, I, I, I think it's, I think that ship has sailed, so to speak. Well, you talk about Brazil and, and no surprise that we hear a little bit of weather talk coming out of them with some dry pocket areas. Is it a concern or is at this point just a little bit of talk? 
Yes, to all the above. Okay. <laughs> we talked to our Brazil team, and uh, there are areas of Paraná and uh, also Mato Grosso that are dry where they're seeing yield reductions, that the crop is far enough along that most all these areas are expected to get rain in the next week. Some of the areas are far enough along that it's going to hurt their yields and they won't have the ability to recover. But there are other areas where the yields are above average. Now, uh, the weather people we work with at Commodity Weather Group um, did analysis today using the latest satellite data that comes out to that USGA has access to and helps put out. And, it's, and there's lots of these services available on satellite, but this is some of the highest quality stuff. There's different levels of quality of satellite data, and most do not have access to the higher quality, and this is the higher quality satellite data. And when you look at it overall, you can see some dry pockets, um, but overall the crop ratings are above what you'd expect. They're in a realm of what you'd expect from above trend yield for Brazil as a whole. So for the for the nation as a whole, I think we're still looking at a pretty good crop. Argentina has more problems, but it's so early in Argentina. They've still got a fourth to a third of the crop yet to still plant, probably closer to a fourth of the crop still to plant. So you're picking up some soil there. You're picking up some areas where the crop hasn't closed through the gap between the rows and stuff. So it's really hard to make any type of reading off that. But in Brazil, overall, it looks pretty good. Any currency issues? I had read earlier that there was some, some thoughts of some weakness happening in South America. Well, Argentina's currency is always weak. It seems like they have continuous problems, and it's certainly much weaker than what it's um, been in past years and, and probably going to continue to be that case. In Brazil, they saw some strengthening around the elections, uh, and, uh, and then they're seeing some, some, uh, some weakening again now. Um, the current trend is toward a little bit weaker. It's trading about uh, almost 3.9 BRLs to the dollar. That still gives them an edge, and particularly an edge in pricing as new crop comes on and, and is something that the farmers are taking advantage of. They're selling, the farmer sales there are kind of ahead of normal on the, on the fears that they're going to lose China as a captive customer, so they've been fairly aggressive in selling the rallies. I was wondering, are they, they doing a little wooing, shall we say, with China to keep that line of communication open so they focus on some purchases from them versus us? Oh, certainly are. I mean, they're they're doing their job as just as our export council is doing its job, and uh, new crop tends to be the favorable, tends to get the nod. Um, you know, if you're a buyer and end user, you'd rather have new crop than something that's been in a bin for a while and aged, and uh, so that gives them the edge now as we turn the calendar to the new year. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell on the midweek. We'll take a look at some ethanol numbers looks like some steady production as well as the livestock side arlen suderman's joining us it's the fontanelle final bell on the rural radio network welcome back to the fontanelle final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield arlen suderman's joining us this afternoon from fc stone before we jump into ethanol the feds did make an announcement today and i know that there was a lot of anticipation going into today's trade as to what they'd say and you've got a great kind of synopsis as to what happened yeah the market was really leaning hard toward expecting them to raise the base their benchmark interest rate by 25 basis points uh, and then to really put the brakes on for next year. In fact, the Fed Fund futures were all, 
almost assuming that there'd be no rate hikes next year. And um, as of two meetings back, they were looking for three rate hikes next year. So that that would be a quite a shift toward a more dovish stance. Uh, the Fed did raise their rates 25 basis points. Uh, they did uh, say that they'll probably raise the rates two more times next year instead of three. Um, but that was more than what the market expected. Uh, that w- The statement that they released was, I think, still more hawkish, did not shift as far dovish as what the market anticipated. And so I think that's what the market was really disappointed. And uh, the, the primary concern now has less to do with the level of interest rates in the United States as it does the level of interest rates in the United States relative to Europe, relative to Japan and elsewhere. And those economies are really struggling a lot more than ours. And so they're keeping interest rates very close to zero or even negative interest rates. And so the more we raise ours and move away from what Europe and Japan and other major economies are doing, the more money tends to flow to the United States, demanding dollars to do so, pushing the value of the dollar upward. And that threatens the global economy from the standpoint of many emerging markets have debt that is payable in dollars. So when they have to pay more to get dollars, that makes it harder for them to make their debt payments, threatens more defaults. Um, and so that starts to crumble economies around the world, some emerging economies. So that's what the markets are concerned about right now when we talk about Wall Street, etc. is something like that happening. Are we seeing some pressure on the ethanol futures? I know that the weekly ethanol report so showed some increased or steady production. Yeah, and the ethanol really fell today into that same mantra, and that ties in with my last answer. If the rest of the global economy is going to be struggling, then that means demand for commodities will probably be struggling. And the ethanol data kind of went along that same line today. We maintained production from the previous week at the same level, but stocks grew as demand decreased and declined. And we already know that we have some very poor margins for ethanol plants right now. And then we had uh, uh, another ethanol company saying they were going to be laying off quite a few staff as they reduced production due to poor margins. So that just fed into this commodity demand destruction mantra and uh, and why overall we saw ethanol prices lower again today and pressure on corn prices. Jump over to the livestock side. Uh, before we started the Fontenelle final bell, you were talking about the hogs. Nice to see some positive talk action going on for them. Well, it is. Um, you know, the, the trade keeps talking about, uh, primarily about African swine fever. Um, and we see China as continues to buy. Tomorrow we'll get the weekly export sales report. And for the last three of those weekly export sales reports, we've seen notable quantities of pork going to China. Uh, that's expected to ratchet up in 2019. The African swine fever problem looks like it continues to be out of control in China. China has uh, declared another couple provinces as free or it's under control of African swine fever so that they can start moving hogs towards slaughter plants again. But the confidence in that is very low. 
more of a fear that maybe China is just trying to push that to happen so that hogs can go to market and they can avoid high food prices and social unrest um, rather than actually controlling the disease. And so it just kind of continues to add to fears that China is not doing what it needs to do to control the disease. And uh, that suggests more meat imports down the road as we get into 2019. Cash cattle activity has been sluggish, but we have a cattle and feed report that comes out tomorrow afternoon. Do we see just a hold off like we normally have and wait till a Friday trade? Yeah, I think so, and this is an odd time that we get actually a full day of trade after uh, after the report comes out, and so perhaps traders will take advantage of that, unless there's something that uh, trips it after the report comes out on Thursday. Um, but just, you know, the numbers for placements are, are lower than a year ago, but then a year ago was pretty high. Um, we did pull back a little bit. But overall, the cash trade this week is generally expected to be steady to a little bit higher. We have shortened slaughter weeks, but the cattle are pretty current, and the feeders are kind of willing to hold out to get more money. All right, sounds good, Arlen. As we get ready to finish out this last full trading week, what's the best way for folks to, to get a hold of you? intlfcstone.com or over on Twitter at twitter.com slash Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.